Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Cast listener alive that can outrun a grease Scotsman. Welcome to the Scotsman podcast. Don't ever try to combine the word Scotsman and podcast because you'll get spodscast. I don't, I, I don't even know what that word is. But uh, thank you for um, staying with me through that little um, hiccup of, uh, of alliteration and pronunciation and enunciation. Oh, so many rhyming words today. But I am Matthew Glade. And again, you're listening to the Scotsman Podcast. I appreciate your time. Downloading and listening. So we are talking all about Utah State football. And today I've got two very good interviews with Mike Sanford and Justin Enna, the new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator in the Gary Anderson regime up in Logan. So um, sorry this is dropping uh, a day later than last week, but I was out of town. uh, The wife and I went to Disneyland over the weekend, and Universal Studios. It's our anniversary weekend, and it was... I Okay, so the the main reason we went is because a little less than a year ago, we went to California, and we bought these Universal tickets that were actually three-day passes because they were only like $20 more. So, and they were good for a calendar year. So we had like two more days, because we only went one day, so we just decided to fly out there and use them before all this football stuff started. Anyway, that was a lot of background information you don't know, but the important thing about my trip that you do need to know, go to Star Wars Land. It's incredible. If you're a casual Star Wars fan, if you're a Star Wars fan nut like I am, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. That ride is worth the wait. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's get down to some football, and uh, here is the interview with Mike Sanford, new offensive coordinator for Utah State. Football season's here. How's the... Uh... How's the transition been here to Logan? It's been a, an easy transition, a great transition, you know, especially for me and my family just because um, we have such more of a familiarity with, with the West Coast, the Mountain mountain West in particular with uh, time in Boise. It's kind of when my, my wife and I met each other is, uh, when, when, we were, when I was in school at Boise State. Um, and then my dad's been in Utah multiple times as well. So this has kind of been, it's felt like home, even though I personally haven't really lived here. Uh, and then beyond that, just the relationship that, that I had with Coach A uh, before I I'd actually took 
took the job here um, really through my dad being on his staff here at Utah State in 2012 and, and also being on the same staff at the U um, back in uh, 03 and 04. Um, you know, I, I've known Coach Anderson now for, for 15, 16 years, and uh, I've always really desired having the opportunity to work with him and for him, um, and that's been, uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, outside of Coach A, what kind of drew you to the job here at Utah State? What's, what's appealing about I this? think, uh, you know, obviously the recent success, it makes it uh, you know, wildly appealing to be here. Um, the quarterback that was, that was coming back and Jordan Love uh, is somebody you want to have a chance to coach um, because uh, everything about the young man is, 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 is spectacular, in my opinion. Um, and it's not just what happens on the football field. It's what happens, you know, the other 353 days a year um, when you're around the kind of guy he is and, and what, what he really uh, is for this sport, you know, which is um, he's about his business. He's about his teammates. He's about the process. Um, and most importantly, I think he just is, is really fun to be around. Um, and so we have a great group of quarterbacks, and that was something that I was looking forward to, to getting back to is coaching the position that I love. Um, you know, after being a head coach for two years, you get kind of removed from, um, you know, being there directly and interacting directly with players uh, on a smaller level on a day-to-day basis. So uh, a place like Utah State was awesome for me, just uh, you know, starting with Coach A, going down to, to obviously the, the, the offensive potential that we had. And, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of bringing a Mount West championship um, in any way that I could help uh, Coach A and this team get to that. Um, that's something that I wanted to be a part of firsthand. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned Jordan Love. It's, it's not often you walk into a situation as an offensive coordinator with a Heisman candidate type of quarterback, but what is it about him that you've seen that makes him special? You know, it's, uh, his physical attributes are, are elite, um, size, um, athleticism, speed, uh, and then he can make every throw and he makes them easily. Um, but beyond that, I think it's just his ability to be a maestro at the line of scrimmage. He really is. Um, he can manipulate, um, you know, the schemes uh, based off what the defense is doing and does it so confidently. Um, it, it's pretty unique in, in this day and age of college football to have a quarterback that at the line of scrimmage is capable of doing what he does. Um, and it's really fun to coach because you're, you're really preparing him to make calls. Um, and, and he does it so well. Um, and, and there's growth in that even obviously beyond, you know, his first year as a full-time starter in 2018. Um, and so that's the next step for us is, uh, is to find out just how much Jordan can handle at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the offense in general, especially last season, was breaking almost every school record there was, the number of points they put up, the number of wins. Uh, you, you, you lose a lot of starters, but, but the, uh, the performance that they put on last year and what they did, does that present a little added pressure to you as an offensive coordinator taking over uh, a program that, that has done what they've done offensively? Yeah, they did a great job. I mean, what, what Matt Wells and, and, and Coach Yost did here was, uh, was spectacular. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I mean, you, you know, you, you, you got, your players are going to make the plays for you. And, um, and, and obviously we feel really confident about the group of kids that we have coming back. And we got a lot of work ahead of us to get um, some of the transfers up to speed, obviously, uh, at the receiver and running back position, tight ends. Um, but I think, I think we've done a really good job of replenishing, a, a, you know, not a bear cupboard, but, a, a, you know, we, we had to add some pieces to the puzzle to get that same type of production that we want to get this year. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, our, our, our ultimate goal as an offense 
um, isn't stats. Our ultimate goal isn't school records statistically. Our ultimate goal is something that hasn't been done here in seven years, and that's win a Mountain West championship. Um, and whatever we can do offensively to play Mountain West championship-level football, um, that's what we have to do. And if that comes down to us you know, grinding it out and, and winning a game 17-13, to 13, Shoot, I'll be the happiest guy alive just because winning is what matters. Um, you know, stats are really important. We're going to chase stats. We're going to chase perfection. But a championship and putting on a ring that really means something um, and something that's never been done in school history in this conference, um, that, that's really what we want to do. And that's a long-term objective. We want that every single season uh, from here on out. And that's, that's the vision that Coach Anderson's really laid out for this program. And offensively, looking at that, I want to complement uh, what we're doing defensively and in special teams to make sure that we're in a position to, to compete for, for a Mountain West championship and win it. And to do that, um, like I said, you've, you've lost a few guys, especially along the offensive line. You have to replace four starters. Um, how is the offensive line looking, and are, are there guys there can step up and, and fill those roles that they've had? Yeah, they're, they're a fun, young, um, you know, athletic uh, group of offensive linemen that, you know, their first game uh, out against Wake Forest, they're going to be starting a, a road game on the, in the ACC against a team that won their bowl game a year ago. Um, you know, I think they're going to be they're going to be ready for that challenge. We got the best offensive line coach in the country. I really believe that. And T.J. Woods, he's back home, uh, where it all started for him um, with Coach A. Uh, he's going to have them ready to play. Um, but what I'm most excited about with that group is that you're looking at that group and how it projects. You're most likely going to have a, a cohesive unit for three even four years uh, of returning starters, um, which is pretty fun to watch. I mean, you have, uh, I mean, basically our only returning starter is, was a freshman last year in, in Alfred Edwards. Um, and then the other guys that are vying for playing time are freshman, sophomores. Um, you know, really, I, I think it's going to be fun to watch these guys continue to develop um, and turn into one of the nastiest groups, hopefully, that the school's ever had. And that's saying a lot. There's been some really good offensive lines in, uh, in program history. The receivers lost. Three of the uh, top receptions, top yards. Um, who do you see in that group that can step up and replace the production? Yeah, you know, we, we lost a lot, a lot of production left. Um, you know, I made that, you know, we, we went and studied all the production, watched all the catches uh, back in January when we were putting the finish, finishing touches on a recruiting class. And we had to go out and, and find some other guys to help the group that we already have in place, which I think is really good. Uh, I think that really starts with Jordan Nathan, Taylor Compton uh, in the slot, Devin Tompkins, uh, and then Savon Scarver. Those are guys that have contributed and played in games and, and uh, made meaningful plays that helped you know, uh, a team win a New Mexico Bowl championship a year ago. Um, but I think you know, really what we had to go do is find some length. Um, you know, certainly part of Jordan's uh, mystique was giving uh, Ron Quavian Tarver and Jalen Green an opportunity to go up and, and try to high point a football. Um, so it's tough to high point a football when you're, you're shorter than 5'9". So we had to go out and get some length, and uh, we did that. Um, you know, in the in the JUCO uh, market, in the high school market, and then the grad transfer market. So um, you're looking at three players in particular: C.L.C. Mariner. Um, he's a he's a young man that I recruited hard when I was at Boise State. Uh, was actually going to commit to Boise State. Uh, I ended up leaving. He ended up getting offered by U, the U late, and uh, and now it comes full circle four and a half years later, and, and now here here we are together in Logan, Utah, playing uh, and coaching together. So, uh, and then you look at Sean Carter, Fullerton College. Uh, another guy that I think is, has the size, the speed, and the, you know, 
can go up and strong arm a ball in the air. And I'm really excited about this incoming freshman, uh, Johnny Carter. Uh, you know, he's a Sports Center top ten play of the play of the day um, when he caught the the hail mary for for this five A state championship in Texas for North Shore High School. Um, he's big, he's strong, and he can run very well. So um, there's some pieces there, but that's why we have training camp. We got 25 practices to get to the point where we need to get. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Savon Scarver. I mean, you have, I mean, outside of inheriting Jordan Love, you also inherited an All American in the uh, special teams and and in the slot. Um, does it make your job a little easier having a weapon like that? To, it it, it does, with? and I think Savon, the big thing about him is, uh, you know, his production has all come, you know, primarily from special teams. And so, you know, we've, I sat down with him and, and challenged him when I first got here in January and had a chance to meet every player on the offense. Um, I challenged him, hey, let's, let's make you that same weapon on offense that you are on special teams and let's have some fun. Um, and, you know, his spring was a, was a spring of maturation, and I capped it off with a great spring game where he made some elite plays with the ball in the air. Um, I think his, his deal is going to be consistency because he has the speed. You know, he has the, the playmaking ability. He's already shown it in special teams. Um, and now it's time to cut it loose and play some offense and, and go be an elite receiver. So I'm excited to watch Savon develop through camp. Mm-hmm. A big chunk of uh, production coming back is Gerald Bright. You know, Darwin Thompson's gone, but... I mean, you essentially get another number one back returning, though. So talk to me about him and, and what kind of makes him. Yeah, G, G, G. Bright is, is a, he's a fun player to be around. He's a, he's a fun guy to have on your team. Um, got a lot of juice, got a lot of character. But, uh, but on the field, he, he's a ball player. Um, you know, he doesn't get ca- too caught up in all the exterior stuff. He, he really just loves being on that, on that turf or on that grass um, and, and playing the game that he grew up playing in, in Pensacola, Florida. I mean, he just loves the game of football. Um, and and he's, he's, a, he's a guy that I expect to have an outstanding year. And um, to help him in his production, we went out and got some, some, some running backs, too, in the, in the, in the JUCO ranks from, from Snow College and East High School and Jalen Warren. And then also a transfer from, from BYU that came up uh, just from our backyard up here in Box Elder County. And, you know, look, really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, what, what, what we're capable of doing at the running back position with Riley Burt and Jalen Warren uh, complementing, obviously, uh, G. Bright. Uh, my last question is, is, you know, we've talked about all these, these great weapons you have and, and the, mo- the momentum coming in from last season. You know, everything they were able to accomplish and kind of the positive vibes that this team has. It's a little easier to keep to come in with a team that kind of has that positive energy and keep them focused on the season it, it is and I, I've been a part of this on uh, kind of multiple fronts in my coaching career where you're coming in as a new staff and you followed success um, you know and, and to me where you see the common theme of, of continued success and really quite frankly we're looking for growth um, to build off of last year and, and obviously that that would culminate in a, in a conference championship um, to build off the success from a year ago um, but what I've seen in the common theme of teams that uh, follow success um, is th- do they do they have a desire to work even harder uh, do they have a desire uh, in in their belly that that burns so deeply that they haven't fulfilled the ultimate mission which is winning the conference that you play in um, and this group has that um, they've worked unbelievably hard uh, in every step of the way uh, from our first quarter in January, February, March, uh, really the second quarter kind of going through spring ball, you know, the third quarter is a summer program. And then now the, the main one that counts is your fourth quarter, which is your football season. Um, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to, you know, putting the final finishing touches on uh, that third quarter and, and get ready for the fourth quarter. Thank you again to coach Sanford for that interview. Some enlightening stuff. Um, so they say that, uh, I think it was Mark Twain that said that uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it definitely rhymes. And 
one of the main concerns I've heard from Aggie fans and just people in my life in general is how do you duplicate that offense that they had last year? And I don't think you can duplicate it, but if there's, especially with a coaching change, but if there is a coach that could come close, uh, they hired a good one in Mike Sanford. Uh, his stints, you may know, he was the head coach of Western Kentucky the last two years. Didn't go great. Uh, I mean, if you want to point to some negative for him, that's that is certainly that, but you know, I, I, I've I've often said this to many people in my life. Ever since I've gotten into this business, there are just some people who are meant to be uh, head coaches, and there are some people who are meant to be coordinators. And that's not a slight. I think there's just different kind of personalities, different kind of mindsets, and I think pe- some people work better as offensive coordinators. And Sanford has a great resume as offensive coordinator. And the one I want to point to, I won't get too deep into it, but. Um, 2014, he was the offensive coordinator for Boise State. And when you pull up their stats, I wish I had somebody else in here I could play a game with them. But I'm just going to do it with myself. So if you look at points per game, this is the 2018 Utah State Aggies versus the 2014 Boise State Broncos. Points per game, uh, 47.5, 47.5, we'll say 47.5. Is anybody... No, no, you know what? I'm not going to go on that tangent. Yeah, no, I'm not going not to not gonna do it. You guys don't care. Anyway, so it's 39 versus 47.5. Uh, total points, Boise State 554, Utah State 618. Um, let's see, what, what was the other one I was going to look at? Uh, so, okay, let's go to total offense because that's that's where it's kind of interesting. And this I was not expecting. So there's 954 yards and 1,088 Immediately, you would think it was Utah State, but no, it was Boise State. That offense was so good. I got a chance to watch them in person. That was the year that Utah State went to Boise with a chance to win the Mountain uh, Division title. They all they had to do it was win. Uh, it was the Air Force Colorado State game. I believe is. Uh, man, I'm trying to do this from memory, but I think it's Air Force beat. Colorado State. I know you guys are going to kill me on Twitter for that, for not remembering that. But they did it like the day after Thanksgiving. And then, so as soon as they did that, I got a call. I was like, hey, you're going to go up to Boise State tomorrow. You should call and rent a car because renting a car during Thanksgiving weekend is so easy. So I I got to cruise in a Suburban all the way to Boise on the uh, Saturday morning leading up to that game. That yeah, was fun times. I was rolling, 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 rolling. And uh, it, the game did not go well. I think they lost. It was 50-19, uh, to if I remember correctly. It was not a great, because that, that Boise State team was absolutely insane. J.H.I. ran for over 200 yards. Um, and that's another thing I want to point out, too, is very similar in the the build of um, of rosters. Uh, I think Gerald Bright's going to have a big year. Um, during that season, J.H.I., Broke some Mountain West records for, I think it was uh, over 1,800 yards and 500 yards receiving, I want to say, off the top of my head. Um, I'll, uh, I'll double-check that here in a second. But it was, it was pretty impressive the way, uh, the way he used. And you have another senior running back in Gerald Bright, who's got that home run speed that we've talked about so many times, and uh, just a smart runner and able to catch the ball. Uh, I I think he's going to utilize Gerald Bright in the same way. I mean, they're a little they're a little different in the way they're built for sure, but I I think Gerald Bright could put up those same kind of numbers. I think I think Sanford's going to put both uh, Jordan Love and Gerald Bright, especially in some great positions, to be successful. 
So anyway, uh, so let's uh, let's move on to the next part of our podcast. Talked about the offense a little bit. We talked a little bit about the offense last week. We haven't had a chance to talk defense yet. So we're going to start talking about defense on this podcast with uh, the most likely place. That's defensive coordinator Justin Enna. He was a linebacker coach at Utah for the last few seasons. He's also been defensive coordinator at Weber State and SUU. Has had successful successful stints there. Uh, so uh, this was my talk. This was my interview with him at Utah State Media Day a few weeks ago. It's a new uh, new surroundings for you. Uh, what what interested about Utah State and what made you want to join the staff? Here? Yeah, um, I love Coach Anderson. Um, being around with him uh, last year at Utah, we had a great time. It was fun. Enjoyed uh, how he worked with the kids. Um, the way he took care of the players, and uh, um, I wanted to learn more about uh, how he did things. And uh, when he took this job up here, it was kind of uh, maybe the natural progression as well as being the linebacker coach and co-special teams coordinator over there at Utah to moving up to be a defensive coordinator here at Utah State. I mean, it's a, a great area. People are awesome. The facilities are, are absolutely amazing as well. And, uh, again, just kind of the next step to to uh, to – becoming where I want to be and what I want to do. But also being around, probably more importantly, is being around such a good man and, and Coach Anderson. It, it's, it's been awesome. Um, doesn't hurt when you come in as a defensive coordinator to have an All-American linebacker, uh, a couple um, All-Mountain West players preseason-wise. Uh, talk to me a, bit, a little bit about these guys. What are some of the things that have stand, stood out to you of these defensive players? You know, uh, again, uh, just talking about the linebacker, David Woodward, um, very sharp kid, very humble, kind of quiet, soft-spoken. Want him to kind of get out of his shell a little bit more. Um, last year I had really, really good linebackers at Utah, and uh, this kid is, is kind of the same old. Just needs to be a little bit more outspoken, a little bit louder. Um, but I think uh, he'll, he'll get there. He's getting that right now, and uh, he's got to understand that he's a leader. And people are looking at him no matter what, whether you're quiet or not. He's leading by example. Um, Defensive-wise, uh, D-line-wise, Tipa Naliai, uh, probably one of the best pass rushers I've been around. Um, quick, sudden, can bend for being a 6'4", 6'5", guy. Just doing things the right way. Um, he's gained the weight he needs to, to, to gain in order to, to be a really big NFL prospect, and I think he's got a really good shot at it as well. So um, our back end, we've got some really good DBs, um, DJ Williams, you got Andre Grayson, you guys, Zahadri Jackson, um, and then a couple JC guys as well that came in for uh, spring ball in uh, Cash Gilliam and Troy Leffridge, both really good players that know the game and are smart football players. And that's, uh, when it comes down to it, you're always looking for tough guys and smart guys. And uh, we've got a, a bunch of guys in that defensive room. Yeah, and this defense, they've, uh, they've been great at turnovers the last few years, number one last year top five past two years in a row how is that something you maintain and build on you know what a lot of that is just a relentless pursuit flying to the ball doing all you can to uh to help your brothers out right when it's all said and done everybody's got to be doing their 111 flying around and uh if you get a lot of uh again a lot of guys just busting their butt to get to the ball um through pursuit you're rallying around the football right and so whether that be a free safety, being a ball hawk and attacking and, and high-pointing the ball, or it could be a DB or a, a linebacker from the backside just knocking the ball out and looking to strip and uh, cause, uh, 
Cost fumbles. So it's all about pursuit and making sure that you uh, that you're you're doing all you can. Not not for yourself as much, but for 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 your teammate next to you. You've been you were a position coach your last stop. You've been defensive coordinator before. What do you want this Utah State defense to be? With your your personal stamp on it. What do you want this defense? You know what? Just a we had a we kind of a, did a few goals for fall camp. One thing we really want is just relentless pursuit, and we call that Aggie effort here. I think that's one of those things where nobody's loafing. Um, you're in to play as hard as you can for the reps that you can give us. If that's two or three reps for a defensive tackle, so be it. But at least you're busting your butt as hard as you can to, to sell out for your team, right? And that's what it's all about, making sure that you, we have a tough-minded group that are very, very smart, that are disciplined as well. But when it's all said and done, they're flying around making plays. When you talk about that Aggie effort, it's a little easier to keep that Aggie effort up when you have an offense like you do, led by a potential Heisman candidate, Jordan Love. How much easier does that make your job as a defensive coordinator, having an offense and a quarterback like that? Yeah, he's special. I mean, <laughs> you don't see those quarterbacks. I mean, you don't see that he's by far, I think he's probably one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, the way he can throw it, the way he just has that poise, that confidence, uh, he leads that offensive uh, unit. He's just an amazing athlete. Has probably pr one of the prettiest arms I've ever seen. I mean, the way he zips it, but also puts it right on point. It's uh, he's uh, he, he's as good as they come. He really is. Um, this team has quite the schedule coming up. Uh, first three on the road. You go to Wake Forest. You go into LSU. But you get Boise State. You get BYU, Colorado State. All those at home. Um, how much do you relish this chance to? really make a statement with Utah State football with the kind of wins you can have this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be fun. Again, when it all comes down to it, it's one game at a time, making sure we don't overlook anybody. Um, we've got some fun games to go to. I mean, and we got some good players to come, or a good teams to come in here to uh, Logan as well. But uh, right now it's just Wake Forest and making sure that we focus, lock in on them and uh, understand what they're all about. And... Uh, put our guys uh, schematically to be as successful as possible, but just let these kids have fun too. I mean, football is such a tough game already, a tough sport, that um, it's pretty awesome when these kids understand it's tough and it's hard, but it's the, the best sport in, in the whole wide world. It's, it's, uh, it's a blessing for us to be here. Mm -hmm. And uh, stay focused. This team, 11 wins last year. It's, it was outside of going to the Mountain West Championship, it, almost a dream season for him. You know, you weren't here this last year, but do you notice a vibe with this team? Is it, does it seem a little easier to keep them focused and kind of build on that momentum, this kind of group, with, with the success they had last year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, winning breeds confidence, and that's one of those things. Winning is a habit, losing is a habit. And right now these kids know how to win. All we got to do is just keep on pointing them in the right direction, um, giving them a few clues here and there to, to become better football players, and then – let them do their thing because, I mean, Coach Anders says it all the time, uh, players make plays, players win games. And uh, it's all about the player. And uh, all we got to do is just help them to be the very best. Thanks again to Coach Enna. Uh, he definitely gave Aggie effort during that interview. These, uh, these two new coordinators, they give off a really good vibe. I mean, we can't, uh, I'm not going to say they're the right choice right now because I haven't seen anything on the field. But uh, they do—they do strike me as guys that know what they're doing. I—I I in, 
I especially liked, the, I think it was the last question that, uh, that I asked when he, when he talked about winning is a habit. And he said there's really not much we need to do other than just point them in the right direction. I think he knows, and I think Mike Sanford knows, what kind of talent they have up there. They don't want to screw it up. They're going to play to their strengths. They're not going to try to install stuff that they like just because they like it. They're going to work with the uh, with the talent that they have, maximize it, utilize it. And so I, I, I see good things for both the offense and defense. Of course, we'll... we'll I don't know how good until they actually play the game because that's what they got to do on paper. And just based on an interview, you really can't tell much. But, you know, you get a guy coaching the uh, – coordinating the defense and coaching the linebackers that's uh, coached some pretty successful linebackers the last few years. Chase Hansen, Cody Barton, Johnny Paul, uh, Jared Norris. These are elite-level talents in the college realm. Uh, NFL-type of players. Uh, Jared Norris is starting his fourth season with the Panthers. He, uh, Cody Barton's lighting everyone up at Seahawks camp. David Woodward is in very good hands. And uh, I'm excited to see what bringing in a coach like Justin Enna is going to do for him, how he's going to get to the next level with this type of coaching. Um, I mean, and that's not that's not a knock on the previous coaches at all. I think sometimes... When there's a coaching change and you bring in somebody who has experience with that kind of talent, that can be really good. Sometimes a change can be very good, for, especially for individual players, because there might be something just a little bit different that, that clicks in their head and they're able to go to a next level. And I'm excited to see if that's the case. I'm excited to see if that is if that is the case with some of the other linebackers that are going to be starting next to David Woodward. That if that clicks for them too, uh, Justin Enna is a is a phenomenal phenomenal linebacker coach, and uh, Utah State is going to be- benefit greatly for him, from him. Excuse me. So uh, I am going to uh, wrap this up for now. Thank you again for listening. Uh, next week we'll have some more interviews from uh, from Media Day, and uh, I apologize that I haven't uh, I haven't been able to go to practice. You know, living down in the valley. It's a little tough, and uh, with my job the way it is right now, uh, I'll do my best to get up there as soon as I can because uh, I'd like to see some of this stuff in person because, honestly, you're probably sitting there thinking, yeah, what does this guy know? He hasn't seen any practice yet. Yeah, you're probably right. You probably are. But I have talked to him uh, quite a bit, um, and, uh, you know, I've got some eyes and ears up there. So hopefully, you know, I can get up there and I can actually give you guys a first-eye view instead of second-hand info like I have, but... Um, uh, I appreciate your time, appreciate the download, and uh, thanks again for joining me on the podcast where the, uh, where the sagebrush grows.